Hello and welcome to The Naked Scarf. I'm Adam. And I'm Andy. And we're back after our brief hiatus. Andy now has a job and a place to live and we can podcast once again. Isn't that exciting? Priorities. (laughs) Priorities. Well, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I know. I know. This is all I've been going on about for the past month is getting you to podcast. It actually is. He's, he's, he's like got podcast withdrawals or something. There's like half expecting him to turn up at my house in the manner of the 456 in a column of fire and demand, I don't know, 10% of my voice so that he can continue podcasting without me or, or something. I don't know. I did try and record a few of me just doing an impression of you, but it wasn't quite the same. It was like, I'm Adam. I'm Andy. And welcome to The Naked Scarf. And for some reason it looked ridiculous. You won't let ridiculous. me say The Naked Scarf. No, that's true. That's too much responsibility. I, I can, well, you can say it if I'm doing your voice at the time. Anyway, uh, we have been away for, for a little while, so if we sound a bit rusty, I apologise for that. But we haven't been entirely not busy. That sounded smooth and professional there, didn't it? You we... say smooth and professional. You're dressed as a tiger. No, I'm just happening to have a tiger blanket over me. because It's, it's a it's... tiger blanket Be... with sleeves. Because it's a little bit cold and you're, you've nicked my jacket that I would be normally wearing. It's it's a slanket. It's a, it's, okay, it's I, a I can't slanket. tell you how much I hate the idea of a slanket. We're doing a Doctor Who podcast where I'm wearing a slanket. Get over a it. A giant tiger slanket. It's not giant. Um, it is. It reaches the floor. Anyway, down, as I was about to say... We have, we've not, we've been, we have not, oh, ah, yes, I can, yes, you can see, it's been a little while. Um, we've been reasonably busy, even without podcasting. We did an episode of Talking Who. Yes, yes. Which was a lot of fun, and you can find our episode, and actually the episode since, because I've been putting them on there, on our Tumblr, which is nakedscarf.tumblr.com, and we also uh, had released the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance release their spoiler special, which again, uh, we have a quick five minute segment on and you can hear that again on our Tumblr. So we haven't been completely denied of our um, scintillating personalities and wonderful voices. But anyway, in this, this is, a, this is us coming back, bigger and better than ever. So what a new beginning. So what so better to do than Castro Valva? Do you see how I did that smooth link? Oh my god, I want to hurt you so bad right now. So, Andy, give us your plot synopsis. Oh, shit. Right, okay, so Tom Baker turns into number five, and some stuff happens. Do you want me to do this one? Yeah, you do this one. Okay, (laughs) Uh, we pick up from the end of Logopolis uh, to find the Doctor regenerating into Peter Davidson with uh, the companions Adric, Nyssa and Tegan. Uh, they run off. The, the, uh, the Doctor's regeneration is failing uh, very badly. Uh, there's a bit of guffum. There's an episode basically in the, in the TARDIS. There's a lot of techno babble. The Master, uh, who we previously saw in Logopolis, now wearing the, the smooth cat like body of Anthony Ainley, um, sends the TARDIS back to the Big Bang. They escape. There's a bit more guffump. Uh, the, basically, the Master creates a uh, fake city to trap the Doctor in, which is a giant recursive space trap. Based on uh, MC Escher, is that MC? Is that... Yeah, it's Escher. Escher, <clears throat> Escher um, and his impossible staircases. Uh, uh, what's your fa- What's your favorite Escher rap album? You know, I was yeah. once thinking about getting an Escher tattoo sleeve. I thought it would be awesome. That is pretty awesome. But mm. anyway, basically, the Doctor and companions end up in a giant Escher uh, drawing, and it, they're all wearing a lot of silly hats, but they manage to escape, and. Yes, we're introduced to uh, fresh face Peter Davison, basically. 
Congratulations. That's a lot better than I did. We, we watched this on... When did we watch well, this? Well, Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, yes. Yeah, so we watched this on Thursday. But since then, disaster has befallen me in the shape of me sleeping on my laptop and managing to break it. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm very tired. So I'm afraid that I'm not my usual sparkly, like, ooh, self. So you're actually going to have to look to Adam for... Oh, no. Carry on. Don't look so disturbed. Okay. The look of fear in your eyes. You look like a wild animal. You look like a tiger. It's a tiger slanket that's giving that impression. Go on, do the claw hand. You know you want to. Uh, There's no point. We're not on video. Carry on. Yeah, but... Carry on. Well, okay. Right. Okay. So, um, Adam and I actually have a bit of a disagreement about this particular episode because Adam likes it a lot. I wouldn't say I like it a lot. I like it more than you. Fine, he likes I, it more I, than I have me. a fondness for it. He has a fondness for it. it. It's not one that I necessarily pick up all the time to think, oh, view that. It's not my immediate go-tos if I fancy a bit of Classic Who or even a bit of uh, Peter Davison. But I do quite enjoy it. I think, well, basically, first two episodes, there, there's a lot of padding. There's a lot of wondering about... Uh, you've got a lot of Nissa, particularly in the second episode, you've got a lot, a lot of Nissa and Tegan carrying the Doctor in his zero uh, funeral uh, casket, I mean zero cabinet, and there's a lot of pretty pictures and stuff. But I really think it really comes together in the last two episodes for me personally. But I've got some notes. Shall we go for my notes? Because you never really talk about ones you don't like. I end up flying other stuff. Look, I was the one who started the concept of note taking. You giant tiger bastard! Don't try and. Oh, I hate it when you make out that I'm not a consummate professional. When well, neither of us are consummate professionals, that's why we're podcasters. Anyway, okay. First off, uh, to give it its place within the Dot Two canon, uh, apart from all the other facts, like it's the first story of Peter Davison, not his first recording. I think they record this fourth in the series to give him a chance to get to know his, uh, get an idea of his Doctor before his first story. I think they did a similar thing with Matt Smith, actually. I. Don't think the eleventh arrow was the first one he recorded. I think the first one was Time of Angels. But yes, it's the first story that really deals with the idea of regeneration as something that can go wrong. Previously, in Power of the Daleks, the Doctor pretty much gets up and gets on with the adventure, and in Spared from Space and Robot, he's a bit woozy. But you know, by the second episode, he's up and in full, full action. Yeah. But this one, we the Doctor doesn't really, not until really. Somewhere into the third episode, do we really see the Fifth Doctor in, in full flow? And even then, he's a little weaker throughout. I mean, the first time you real sense of the Fifth Doctor we get is when he goes into the Zero Room in um, Episode One. Yeah, which he then uh, just s- snaps into character. Actually, it's quite interesting. He the bites on his body language and the way he talks, or immediately snaps into the recognizable Fifth Doctor compared to the confused and lost figure we've seen before. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. No, no, it's, it's it's fair enough. I have to admit, uh, the one thing that kind of perhaps annoyed me a little bit about that um, is that I don't necessarily think that Peter Davidson was the best Doctor to do that with, just because in comparison to the others, he was so young, you know? Um, well, OK, not, not you know, um, but Tom Baker was always a very tall, sort of fairly intimidating figure, yeah. you know, compared to Peter Davison, who always had a very boyish face and all the rest of it. So, When um, you say, I, what do you mean you don't think it was good what, to have him well, be so I think weak? That, yeah, to be so weak, basically. Um, I, I, but, I don't necessarily think that was the best first impression to but, give. If he had um, strode into it and been a bit, you know... But, but, uh, but I think the thing was, the whole point of, 
of this era was to make the Doctor more vulnerable because you'd had the very kind of, well, from John Nathan Turner's point of view, you had the very kind of invincible Tom Baker who, you know, nothing bothered, was always able to defeat any evil. And the argument was whether it's true or not. There was no dramatic tension in a weird way. But with starting with a more vulnerable Doctor, give him a more vulnerable first story, they were able to suggest that he, you know, it wouldn't, he wouldn't be the same. He there'd be more tension, more drama. Uh, no, it, I think it. You know, as a theory, it works. In practice, it would have been nice if they could have given some, you know, some of these qualities to uh, a doctor who perhaps looked less vulnerable. I mean, it, it's... but but that's the point. He looks vulnerable. He's a more vulnerable doctor. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like the idea particularly of uh, a doctor being. Oh, God, I'm trying to collate these thoughts in my head. Uh, I don't like the idea of a Doctor being, like, you know, particularly... It, it might have been, like, one thing if he looked like a sort of person who could take a lot and cope with a lot more. Um, but he was kind of, you know, showed some vulnerability. I, I, I don't mind that, and it's been done to great effect since. But I think coupling, you know, a Doctor who looks young, boyish you know, looks more vulnerable and then also gives him a personality that's more vulnerable. It, it, you know, I, I don't entirely... But then what's the point of having a vulnerable doctor if you don't make him vulnerable like they do in the story? Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm not saying that he can't be vulnerable. I'm just saying that they made him too vulnerable. Mm, I don't know. I mean, he still wins through. Yes. At the end of the day, you know. Yes, he does, after spending an awful lot of time being transported around by two ladies in a coffin. That's only for episode two, really. That episode felt like it dragged. Yeah, no, that, is, <laughs> that is a very draggy episode. That is a very draggy episode. Interestingly enough, obviously we've got um, all of the, the Fifth Doctor's companions here. We've got Tegan, Nyssa and uh, Adric, though. It's a, better, it's, a, it's a better Adric story because he's captured for most of it and spends a lot of time, well, virtually all of it. In fact, strapped up in the Master's TARDIS, just in case you're going, no, no. Ooh. Oh, God. Tegan, Tegan who, who got, Tegan, who at first appeared in Logopolis and got, and wandered into that whole story, seems to take regeneration very much in her stride. Yeah. she's just like, yep, he's got a new face, fine, carry on. And, and doesn't seem to at any point go, what, what the, what the fuck? Well, what no, the but fuck, there's, there's, there's kind of a, oh, don't worry, I've, uh, uh, we, we've got Lauren in here with us, who is from New Zealand, um, but uh, yeah, I, I just punched um, on her behalf. I was doing an Australian accent, wasn't she? Zealand yeah, I know, one. but I know she still appreciated that punch. A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, stop looking so wounded. It just makes me want to give you a giant tiger hug. Carry, carry on, carry um, on. You're making a point. Yes, I was making a point. Basically, I think that perhaps it gets to a point, and, and it would do, uh, with a lot of people, especially someone who's quite pragmatic, and let's not forget mm. that um, she's an air hostess. Yeah. You know, so um, there's very much that get on with it despite what's happening sort of mentality that you're supposed to have going on there. And um, she, you get to the point where you've seen so much weird stuff, yeah. you know, in a very short space of time that you'd just be like, yeah, no, whatever, get on with it. And, of course, there's Nyssa, who, bless her, spends the entire episode talking in mainly techno babble, which yes. was always a bit of a problem with Nyssa, I think, because she was supposed to be very smart. So they just thought, smart, lots of techno babble. Um, she does have the classic line, I know so little about te- telebiogenesis. And most of the audience watching go, I know nothing about telebiogenesis. But actually, the companions, the thing about the companions, it raises an uh, interesting point about this story. There are, certain, there are different types of debut Doctor stories. You've got the ones like Power of the Daleks which and this where the 
you've got previous companions coming in, so it doesn't feel like such a radical shift. Actually, Power of the Daleks is a bad example because that's the first time you regenerated, so it does feel like a major shift. But you've got your like absolute beginning of a new era, so you've got your Spears from Space and your Eleventh Hours, and then you've got things like Crest of Valva, and even to a sense, say, Twin Dilemma, where you might have a new Doctor, but the companions has been previously established, maybe only for a couple of stories, but they've been there. And the whole feeling of the city, it's not a radical departure from look or style. And yeah. it, I mean, if this kind of story had come immediately after s- series 17, it would have felt like a major departure. But because you'd already had the, the big changes of series 18 and the Romana and K9 leaving, it, it feels more just like a natural continuation. And that's partly because it's written by uh, Christopher Bidmead, who was he still, he was still the script editor by this point. Yeah, so it, 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 it's interesting in the sense that it's a natural continuation. It isn't like a big brand new beginning or at least not as much as it could be tying this into the new series uh, Moffat often talks about Dot 2 being a dark fairy tale and I think this this story kind of taps into that a little bit uh, particularly the last two episodes where the Doctor finds himself he finds himself in the dwellings of Castrovalva and he's, he's basically meets all these these, these absolutely fictional people who, who, are, who aren't real who, who are, are, are people who are created entirely by maths who are supposed to be mere puppets, but end up with free will of their own. I think that kind of ties into the fairy tale thing. Well, it is uh, very visually uh, pretty as well. Um, very silly hats. Very silly hats. One, one, one very silly hat. Several very silly hats. Well, you know. I don't know, maybe I spent too much time in the realm of high fashion. <laughs> I think you do, because they're all very silly hats. No one in Castrovalva has a non-silly hat. Okay, fine. I only thought one of them looked particularly silly, but obviously I am wrong. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, anyway. Um, no, no, very very visually pretty, you're right. It does have a certain story tale ele- uh, a fairy tale element, especially it being a castle perched, um, you know, sort of on the top of a hill. Um, uh, and, and, and the hunt at the beginning as well, and... And yeah, there are lots of sort of fairy tale elements uh, sort of incorporated in there. I mean, it is something with a lot of Christopher Bidmead scripts. He wrote obviously wrote three, I think, for the for the series: Logopolis, this, and Frontios. There, the Castrovalvan's dialogue isn't very naturalistic. But to fair, none of his dialogue is very naturalistic. No. Like I said, I soon, I know so little about telebiogenesis. I think it works in this story because they're not real people. Their their ideas, their fictions, their fictions created. So having a slightly Shakespearean lilt to their dialogue really works. Yeah, no, and it is a neat little concept, um, uh, the idea that they have come from a history that has been uh, written as such and having the nice little touch of uh, the books that they're written in being old, older than the actual history. Yeah, because they're 500 years old, but they come up to the present day, which is... uh, I mean, the whole trap thing is interesting because it proves once again that the... The reason the master has such elaborate traps is that he really just enjoys dicking about with the doctor. I mean, he even says to Adric, "Oh, that trap would have been a joy to spring. What a trap! Such a trap!" Where he's basically, and and it just—I think it sums up nicely the fact that he, you know, he could just put a gun to the doctor's head and and blow him away. He could do it easily, but it's so much more fun for him to come up with these really elaborate schemes. He must have an absolute bloody fortune. He's got a time machine. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think money's really a problem. Well, let's face it, money has never been a problem for any character in Doctor Who, uh, except to Runaway Bride, where they're trying to get money for the taxi to get Catherine, Catherine Tate to a wedding. 
Okay, yes. A nice, uh, actual and all these fact. other examples I'm going to pull out suddenly. Fuck you. Nice fact about Runaway Bride is when they um, uh, uh, make the cash point explode and, and all the money rain out as a distraction. They weren't allowed to use real money in that. And so they've uh, printed all this like cool fake Doctor Who theme money that comes out the cash point And now it's really collectible. Just, just to let you know. I mean, we've just been talking about episodes three and four. Actually, no, I would just say about episodes three and four as well. I mentioned free will earlier, and free will is a bit. Of, the idea of free will is a bit of a recurring theme in Doctor Who. I think never, perhaps deliberately, but it comes up. Yes. it's like in Inferno, where there's the line when the Doctor realizes that things can be different in different. In different, he talks about there being an infinite number of choices, and he says free will isn't an illusion after all. Well, the thing is, and with the... sorry, do you go on. I was going to say, and obviously there's there's Murgrave line when when he's when he free when he just before he sacrifices himself to help the Doctor, and he goes, "You made us man of evil, but we are free." Then swings across, and I think I think it's a line that really sums up a lot yes. of what Doctor Who's about. I think it's a well, quite it's lovely little line. The sort of argument of free will in Doctor Who, because uh, it is something that will almost inevitably come up when you're playing with characters that have godlike complexes. Uh, you know, not to tie in too much to last night's excellent episode of Who. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Doctor does spend a lot of time trying to be, you know, not not that godlike, trying to shy away from that. But um, the Master, on the other hand revels in it having that power and of course whenever you have a godlike character then the idea of free will inevitably comes up and And, and also when you're doing time travel as well there's an idea of destiny and can you change it can't you what i don't understand though is when the master trapped adric why did you not make him change those fucking pajamas probably because he stank because he's been wearing nothing else and the doctor the master points went i might be evil but i'm not touching that he could have just he's a teenage boy. He's a teenage boy who never changes his trousers. There are realms there you really he, don't want to yeah, get into. Well, come on, he could have hosed him down. He had him like in that <laughs> giant spiderweb thing. Maybe they just cut that scene. Maybe maybe, maybe there's one of just Anthony Ailey hosing him down for yeah, a good five so minutes. So why didn't he change going, the pajamas? Links, for God's sake! You, oh no, not links. links. Well, anything. Not links. You know what? My dad once chaperoned a he's trip. He's a teenage boy. Of course, he'll use. My links. dad once chaperoned a school trip with my sister's class, um, and they were staying there for a week and um, he was supposed to be staying in a room full of like some of the boys to keep an eye on them or whatever and he said that they all got in there and and these kids were like all about 11 or so and they all put down their bags and then one of them went right boys break out the links and the boys all got out their cans of deodorant and started spraying them around the room I was a teenage boy and I don't understand them <laughs> Though I, I've got a terrible feeling as, 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 a, um, as, as, a, as a teenage boy I might have had a haircut a bit similar to Adric's but let's not talk about that Photos, um, photos. There are no Laura, photos. You have, uh, uh, she has no photos. Yeah, I have no photos. No, no, no. You have his sister on Facebook, right? I do actually. She yeah. doesn't okay. have any photos of me. Yeah, but she's moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. Going back, we've been talking about episode three and four because they're li- really, frankly, a little more interesting. Episode one is quite interesting because it takes place almost entirely in the TARDIS, and we see a bit more. We go quite deep inside the TARDIS. You know, we find out that we see the zero room in places. And just well, that, and just a lot of corridors, really. No, it is uh, very interesting, and I actually can't think of any reason why because I'm just staring at you, picturing you with Patrick's hair. You are. You, I, <laughs> as I was saying that last sentence, I could just see you stare. I thought you're not concentrating at all. <laughs> but here, here's a theory: Episodes one, two. I mean, could be very easily condensed down to one episode. I won't argue that point. The pacing's off in yes, them a little bit. Absolutely. But the Doctor isn't in it much. When he is, he's in a weakened state. So could you argue that one and two? Pave the way a little bit for the um, Doctor Light episodes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, there is very little of the Doctor. 
I mean to be I mean to be fair, there were in William Hartnell and Pat Charlson's time, because obviously they kept going on holiday, there were episode one, two episodes without the doctor, but so actually maybe that's not a, a no, no, I think it is actually because they do an awful lot, the companions in this, and they really do. And the doctor isn't out of it, he's just weakened and in, in, in a box half the Basically, time. Basically, they have to figure it out about the doctor, which yeah. you know is pretty much the point of a companion light story in this day of age. Dr. Light, <laughs> right? Yes, you're absolutely right. Do, do you think I could put a mighty boost song on this? We're trapped in the box by a cockney nut job. I mean, not, admittedly, Tegan isn't cockney, but her accent could be, you know. Her ancestors are probably Cockney. She's from Australia. She, she, she'll have the natural criminal. Oh, she'll have the natural crim- oh, criminal element within her. Oh, oh! If anyone Australian ow, is listening ow, to the podcast, ow. I'm actually beating Adam as we speak. That's what that really satisfying noise in the background is. It's fine. I have a New Zealand girlfriend. It means I'm allowed to make fun of friend friend. It means I'm allowed to make fun of the, the colonies. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does, darling. Um. Lovely little scene in episode three with the little girl teaching the doctor to count. Yeah, that was which cute. Is, 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 it seems really nice, uh, the doctor having just been born himself, and when he's going one, two, one, two, she goes three. And, and it works well with Davison's doctor as well. And it was really good to actually see a child on Doctor Who, a child actor who I didn't want to strangle. I believe that is Liz Shaw's, uh, Caroline Jones's. Oh, really? Cousin or something, or, oh, or nephew or niece. That's I, so I've got sweet. nephew or niece, niece, um, it would be. I've got a feeling it's, it's a relative. That's I've so sweet. Read, yeah. Um, oh, I like it when that happens. I don't mind a bit of nepotism in Who when it involves a, a you know a small child. And uh, well, it's like uh, Amy Pond. Amy Pond, uh, uh, young Amy's played by um, uh, uh, Karen Gillan's cousin. So it's yeah, and she's super cute. What goes around comes around. Oh, it, it's quite nice that in the third episode, the Doctor's still a bit mentally gah, and he's at least at the beginning, and he's he's looking for the Doctor. Which I quite yes, like the that, idea, the idea of having sweet. just been born into a new self, and he's trying to find out who he is, or trying to find himself. I think that's quite a nice. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we, we. I don't really know what you would call it. Uh, I want to say a theme parallel. Uh, I'm not sure of the word, but plot device. Yeah, plot device, I guess. But no, because it, it, it's a thing of, of. It's not a plot device of him looking for himself when he's just regenerated. It's more of a. Oh. Yeah, it's just a cute little thing. It's a and, thing. And, and when a... there is all the knowing bits about him saying, oh, will I find the Doctor in Castrovalva? And they're all, oh, yeah, yes, I'm certain you'll find the Doctor. And, and, and you're just thinking, yeah, you're being a tiny bit patronising there, really, old dude, aren't you? Just a little bit. What the old dude is secretly it. the master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's one of the few times Anthony Ailey's disguises actually make sense as yes. well. Because he is supposed to be hiding from the Doctor and he's not just randomly... Uh, Going, I'm dressing up, and I'm using a funny anagram of Anthony Ainley to disguise the fact in the credits. Ha 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 ha. Also, uh, something about this story, and actually uh, Logopolis as well, is they're, they're quite rare in the sense that they're more about the Doctor versus versus a scientific idea, where he's versus the idea of recursion. Mm. Which is it? I suppose it must be a mathematical concept or scientific yes. concept. Yes, mathematical, I guess. Mathematical, a scientific slash mathematical concept instead of a monster. There's no monster in this. It's him versus yeah. it's him versus an idea. It's always nice when and the master versus but, an idea. But it's more uh, versus an idea than the master in some ways. Ideas are slightly more tricky than monsters for the most part. This is this is true. It feels like an adequate challenge for the Doctor. But they are very rare. These kind of stories. They are very rare. Uh, I mean, obviously, you used to get the historicals again in the 60s, but particularly from Pertwee onwards, it was pretty much just straight monsters slash aliens. 
Well, that's I mean, you do you, you do know. have the master as as as, as an adversary, obviously. That's but because still. visually, monsters quite often tend to be easier to represent than ideas. Good, good music score. I thought it's good early eighties stuff. There's there's a nice bit of kind of bassy bassy nonsense when Tegan nicks an ambulance. So wow 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 wow. So I quite like that. Was obviously my uh, acapella version. Never do that again. Wow 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 never never. I think is there anything else to is there anything else to say about the the, the dwellings of Castrovalva? They were very pretty, and I quite like to go on holiday there as long as I'm not forced a, to wear one of those time, really horrible washerwoman outfits. It's a space time trap. You'd never leave. Okay, this is a side point. Um, let me. It'd be think. a bit like being in the Butlins. No particularly attractive characters in this episode. Well, you know, apart from Nissa and Tegan. What? Who, who, who do you prefer, Nissa or Tegan? Nissa. L- yeah. Uh, Farris, Wait, can we get a high five I, I, on that? I think, I think uh, Farris Project have, have, a, have a, a phrase about them. One you would, one you wouldn't. And, uh, <laughs> Nissa's a one you would. So. Oh, poor Tegan. I mean, you know, I, I've seen a picture of Janet Fielding wearing like a, a, a sort of PVC style skirt. And I tell you what, her body was rocking. It's just she was so bloody annoying in many ways. To be fair, Nessa's quite annoying, but in a slightly different in way. In a slightly so different way. I think she, she gets a little better as the series goes on. Trouble is with Chris, Christopher Bidmead and his, his quest to bring back science. Though what it was more, to be fair, is a quest to bring back technobabble. He, he was like, lots of long phrases well, that she can talk about. Nessa and Tegan... If you slept with either of them, then you know which one would be banging on your door the next morning, not understanding that it was just a bit of fun. <laughs> I don't know. You look at Tegan, I think she's had a few one-night stands. I'm just saying. Strikes me as a type. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that the next morning she was banging on all those doors going, Don't you love me? <laughs> I think I think this is far too polite and lovely for a one-night stand. I don't think you should do something like that. You're just idolising it she's because a classy it makes it lady. feel that much dirtier when you do actually manage to get down she, to it. She's just a classy lady. Welcome back to The Naked Scarf. You're so sorry we went away, I can tell. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was trying to think of a way to, you know... Let's talk. just bring this train wreck into land, to mix my metaphors. Oh, oh uh, much better than Tegan managed to uh, land the TARDIS. Land the TARDIS. Which is- was Rubbish. I mean, how she actually managed to implant it into the ground, which is fairly impressive. Well, if only she could have done something else. If is the most powerful word, by the way, in the English in, in the English language. No, no, it's if. According to uh, this episode, if, 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 if. Anyway. Yes, moving swiftly on. Uh, pretty good supporting cast. Shardavan. Uh, uh, it's pretty good. You, you, you kind of suppose think he might be the master because he's all in black and a bit. What was the name of the um, old library dude again? Shardavan. Shardavan, that is him. Right, okay. I gave up trying to remember everybody's names, but I was tired. Um, yeah, though, no, Shardavan, he, um, uh, he really made me laugh because um, next time you watch Castrovalva and he comes on and starts speaking, start thinking of the really old guy in Family Guy. Okay, just just think about it. No, 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 you're getting them mixed up. It was the master, you said this while we were watching it, and it was the master, the, the portrieve, who you said... The sound, portrieve, sound, that's the one. The portrieve, who sounded like the paedophile from Family Guy. Yeah, that one. He sounds just like him. Where are you going like there, him. cricket dude? 
<laughs> he you sounds want, just want like to show him. Me a it's oh yuck! It's quite disturbing, really. Want to show me a bad for mathematical excellence? Oh oh Actually, oh! I think I'm doing my crack vo- my crack fox voice there. Crack voice. <laughs> uh, Excellent. No, um, uh, apologies for the mix up. Like I, I'm, I'm going to keep saying, you know, I'm really tired. So, Basically. Well, that's why we should bring, as I said earlier, is, this, yeah. this train wreck into land. Yeah, I um, mean, I, I, I so yeah. <laughs> over, overall, my general impression is I enjoy it. it. I have to be in the right mood for it, but I think it's, I actually think it's a reasonable start to, to, to his Doctor. It, it's unique for the amount of vulnerability he shows, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think, again, Davison, as always, is very good. He snaps into character when he walks into the Zero Room and you, you see his Doctor almost immediately. And then at the end of the episode, he's very much bullying his doctor character uh, it's nice that we don't get a lot of Adric in this um yeah last two episodes a lot stronger than the first two but i think that's good i'd rather have a strong end and a weak beginning than the other way around and so yeah i if i'm in the right mood i really enjoy this one well i um think it's all right i mean i'm not a particular fan of it and i always like to think that um a, a a beginning or an ending episode even though it never works out this way uh get to be fairly strong you know um and and i i'm not entirely sure this is up there as as one of the uh particularly strong ones but that that's just for me no, no i mean i, I agree something like spared from space or 11th hour are stronger opening yes, uh stories very much so. but or power of the daleks actually but you know like i said i'm just it's just one you know some stories you're just fond of yes no i'm very fond of uh spearhead from space and uh yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's just not really... It's not your thing. No, not my thing. Fair enough. Not my thing. Anyway, uh, contact details. Uh, feel free to, to you know send us any feedback or just see how we hang out on the internet. You, we've got a Tumblr at nakedscarf.tumblr.com. Oh, you always nod the head like I've got it right. Uh, yeah, but you, you always can... sound so hesitant. <laughs> That's because I, I always worry I'm about to screw it up. Uh, you can email us at nakedscarf at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as Nake, at Naked Scarf, one word. There's a Facebook group, which if you just search the Naked Scarf on Facebook, you'll find us. Um, is that it? Is that all the stuff we've got? I'm just, yeah, I think that's all the stuff we've got. Well, that sounds like quite a lot of stuff to me. Even I don't have that many social networks these days. <laughs> okay, so anyway, folks, uh, next week, oh, no, it's next week, next episode, we'll be tackling, what are we tackling? We're tackling the next Doctor, aren't we? Yay! Yay! We're tackling the next Doctor. And until then, take care. told Peter to stay away from the wolf, but he didn't listen to them because he's his own man, and he knew that sometimes the things that seem the most dangerous turn out to be the most fun. Yes, sir, it was a good day for young Peter.
Are you a pedophile?